welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Why waste your liquid gold in a breast pad? Wear the BPA-free Milky's Milk Saver and effortlessly collect every last drop of milk while you breastfeed. You can wear it on the opposite breast while breastfeeding or pumping to collect the letdown. Head to fairhavenhealth.com and use promo code BADASS for 10% off your purchase. You can also find the link at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. What are we talking about today, Diane? We are going to talk about pumping, right? Like, we had somebody send us all these pumping questions, and we were like, yes. you know what? We're just going to... We're just going to go with it and talk about People it. are constantly asking me these details about pumping, and I'm like, I don't know your details of your day. So um, I, somebody, D, this wonderful lady on, on Instagram, t- ins- messaged me all these questions, and I was like, listen, <laughs> we just need to do an episode on this so that I can be referring people to this episode. Yeah. And I said, D, please, throw, take a week and write down every single question that you have throughout your day. And send them to me. And so she did. And so I have questions that I'm sure anyone who's pumping throughout the day has um, about how to pump at work and how to pump when you're away and the logistics of that. So we've got a lot of information to go through today. We are going to do the um, review of the week. And the review of the week today is from a little mama named Natalia Circo. And she says that the podcast is informative with some humor involved. As a breastfeeding mom with both children, 18 months strong, I can totally relate and give five stars. Highly recommend to give a listen, slip on Bluetooth and play in your car. For a new mom to an experienced mom, it's for everyone. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Natalia. I'm sorry for the names that I'm probably butchering along the way. I really do apologize because I don't mean to do We try. We do try. Yeah. Um, but all right, so pumping and you know what, this is like, this is real life stuff. And we totally have, uh, I have a love hate with pumping. Like I seriously do. I'm so glad that we have pumps. If you're separated from your baby, you go back to work, you just, you know, you want to get out for the evening, whatever your mission is with a pump. But I hate them because I feel like women think they have to pump, that it's part of the necessity of you know, if you're going to breastfeed, you have to pump. It, like, goes together. Well, I, I think people think that that's how you, yeah, that's how you keep up your milk supply. Yeah, it's not. Like, I'm not going to have a good milk supply if I don't pump. Right. So there's always questions. And pumping is so individualized, and there's some demons that go with pumping, and it's just like, uh, so let's let's get started on some of these questions, because I know there's going to be some good ones. Okay. So well, the first question that she has is, should the mother... Only pump at the exact times of the missed feeds, whether that's three or four hours apart. I was told to pump every three hours that I'm separated from my baby. So when are we supposed to be pumping? Well, (laughs) so, all right. That sounds loaded. Yeah. So I will tell you, and maybe people say that I'm wrong. But I, and you know, by now, the, you know, year and whatever we've been doing this podcast, and if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know that Abby and I are very like, why are we making this harder than it needs to be? Right. It does not need to be this hard. And if you are already like stressed out about going back to work, the last thing I want anybody to worry about is trying to pump at the exact time that your baby is feeding. Because 
that will make you insane. Like, you will be insane. If you can kind of, you know, like, if you can kind of, if you can do it every three hours, fantastic. What I usually tell people is if you are working an eight-hour day, in a perfect world, you're working an eight-hour day, pump once, you know, once in the first part of the day, once in your first eight hour, first four hours, once in your second four hours, and once at lunch, and that's great. If it's four hours in between time, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. What I want you to listen to is your body, really. Like, are you feeling really full? Are you feeling like you need to go pump? and it's only been two and a half hours, and you can go and pump, then great. If it's one of those schedules, like I have a lot of teachers that they can only pump when their kids are at like gym class or something. And right. like, you can't regulate, you can't determine when that's going to be. Sometimes you don't have that kind of control over, okay, now I'm going to go pump because it's been three hours, and this is when I have to go because that's when my lactation consultant told me I had to do it. If you need, to, If you have the time open and you can go pump, then go pump. Um, if you can't, then do it when you can. As long as you're getting it in, that's what's the important piece. If you're getting well, and the yeah, and and, and the whole like pump pump when your baby would normally be feeding, that whole thing would require you to be like tracking when they're feeding when you're with your baby. Right. You know, you'd be constantly looking at your clock, going, "Oh gosh, when was the last time they fed? Or how long has it been?" And it, it's not. I wouldn't go to that point of causing all of that stress. Plus Breastfeed on demand and then pump when you can. Yeah, and it's different every day, you know? And I mean, and right. your baby goes through a growth spurt. Maybe they're going right. to have their, you know, and what about, what if you work evenings and you're, that's when your baby does their cluster feeding? So you're going to go and pump every 20 minutes? Like you can't, you know, right. it just doesn't make any sense. So you have to try to do it. Like listen to your body. If you're feeling full, go pump. If you have time to go, go pump. If you know, oh, my gosh, it, you know, I know I can usually go at the three-hour mark, but I've got a meeting that I have to go to that, you know, at that time. So maybe I could, you know, slip it in beforehand. Sometimes you just have to make arrangements to do it when you can do it. Right. And there's certain jobs where, you know, if you're working like shift work and stuff, I mean, you have you, – your, your, your breaks are scheduled for you. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times that's completely out of your control. Right. Right. And then but you'll get I mean, into a rhythm with pumping, just like you do with feeding. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and kind of think about it this way. Like, if you aren't going at the same time every day, if you have one of those jobs or you're in a situation where you can't go at the same time every day and you're just kind of, like, going when you can, like, that is kind of like feeding on demand. Yeah. And your body <laughs> handles it fine. Like, it's it's fine. It's, what we want to do is tell your body that you need the milk. Like, that's the point, is to get the milk out of your body. It doesn't have to be at a certain time every single day. Yeah. Okay. And is there an ideal uh, length of time to pump? She pumped, D pumps for 20 minutes. How long should we be pumping? 20 minutes is usually like the standard time that we tell people. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know where that 20 minute time frame came from. <laughs> that sounds so long. You know, I mean, I don't know. Like we always just say, ah, 15, 20 minutes. I don't know where yeah. that came from. <laughs> like I, I really don't. And it's so funny because we always go, ah, you're, you're recovered in six weeks. Ah, you can start working. Yeah, out right. Again. Yeah, we just start like, make up all these numbers. We do. We make it all up. I don't know where that came from. So I always tell moms like you can do, tw- I wouldn't do longer than 20 minutes and I wouldn't do longer than 20 minutes because you'll want to throw that thing out the window. Like it's yeah. enough, you know. Um, I've had moms that have pumped for 
you know, 45 minutes because they're like, oh, you know what? I just put it on. I sit and do email or whatever. I don't even pay attention to the time. If that doesn't bother you, then that's on you. You know, that's fine. But 15 minutes is fine. Um, if The only thing I would say that is if you have milk that is still like really coming out, I wouldn't stop. But if your milk has stopped coming and you're just kind of like, you know, not getting another letdown or you're not pumping anymore and you're still, well, it hasn't been 20 minutes yet. I still have to keep going. You can feel free to stop. You don't have to keep going because yeah. it has to be 20 minutes. So if you get, some women will get on a pump and get the majority of the milk they're going to get in 10 minutes and that's okay too. You know, just it's going to be different for everybody. If 20 minutes is working in your schedule and you find that that is what you what you like to do, then that's okay. But there's no reason it has to be 20 minutes. Like there's no, like, you know, any kind of reasoning or, or plan behind that 20 minute number at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. So this next question is complicated and it involves equations. Oh boy. And I'm a, <laughs> and it feels like something that's being made very complicated that maybe we can simplify. Okay. Um, it says, I have read two different models for calculating the size of bottles for baby. Is one of these better than the other? Or is there another method? Do you take 25 to 30 ounces and divide by the number of times your baby nurses in a 24-hour period and create bottles of that size? Or do you only provide one to one and a quarter ounces per hour of division of mother and baby? We are making this way too hard. This is very complicated. So yeah. she has four example. The first one is 28, I guess 28 feeds in seven, 28 by seven equals four. Okay. So four ounces per bottle. <laughs> yep. And so it's four ounces per bottle because she feeds the baby seven times a day. Okay. So what's the 28? That is probably like how many the amount, ounces the, baby, the ounces yeah. of t total. Yeah, the baby should be getting between twenty-five to thirty ounces okay. a day. Okay. But if you're only if you're only feeding seven times a day, then that would be four ounces per bottle. But if you're feeding twelve times a day, then you know it's going to be right. less than that. So you can use that equation, and I have had some people do that. I've had some people go by the weight of the baby, so, like, uh -huh. it depends on what the baby weighs and how much, you know, how many times you're feeding the baby. Um, I really, like... So I think the question is, how do we know, how how big should the bottles be? How many ounces of, of, of breast milk should be in a bottle? How much do we feed our baby? <laughs> Is that the question? That's the question, That's right? That's the question. And that how, is, my biggest thing with that is, like, how old is the baby? Because the baby that's six months is yeah. going to get more than the baby that's two months if you're just going back to work. So I would be, you know, if, it, if it's a two-month-old baby, you're looking at two ounces, maybe two and a half. Um, but you're also feeding that baby more frequently. Because that baby yeah. is eating more frequently. Your five-month baby, five-month-old baby is going to be a little bit less because they're stretching out their feeds a little bit more. So they're going to have more in a bottle. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. Um, babies 
that are getting breast milk, though, never really need more than about four ounces, even when they're a year. So it's very different than formula, whereas formula, you keep increasing the amount because they need more vitamins, nutrients, protein, fat, all of that stuff. And it's not, you know, formula is just stagnant. It doesn't change and it it doesn't, Uh you know, but as the baby grows, the breast milk changes with the baby. So you don't have to give more volume because everything is there. Gotcha. So it's really cool. Um, But a lot of people don't realize that. So they feel like they have to keep up with these huge amounts by bottle. And you really don't. So if it's a younger baby, you're looking at like two, two and a half ounces. You know, an older baby, four or five months old, you're probably looking at about four ounces. You can do that um, multiplication if you really want to be that strategic. But um, your baby makes up for it with you later on anyway, yeah. if they need more. Okay. Um, okay. So here's the next question. What is recommended for a mother who cannot pump the same amount of milk that baby takes at a missed feed? This also comes with an example. My baby drinks four ounces every three hours away from me. I can usually pump three and three quarter ounces in the morning and then two and a half ounces in the afternoon. I massage, compress, pump for 20 minutes, hand express at the end. So she's pumping less than her baby's taking is what she's saying, I suppose. So some women, um, some women do struggle with pumping and I don't think that what she's pumping is a struggle at all. I think it's fine. But, um, some women do have a hard time with pumping. And I know you've said in the yeah. past, too, that you're like, I didn't respond well to a pump. Oh, my God. It was just like drip into the bottle. It was so depressing. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I was probably doing, I mean, there's all kinds of things about pumping, though, that you don't, that you just like, you know, you just get a pump and then you just stick it on your boob and then you're supposed to get the milk out. Like, that's not how it works. I mean, no. pumping is a skill that you have to learn. And I, I didn't know that. And your body has to kind of you adapt know. to it. And yeah. You never get the same amount of milk as what the baby can no, get. Right. You no, know? right. And everybody's, you're like you said, everybody's body just reacts differently to it. Yeah, it just reacts different. So at different times of day, you get different amounts, which is mm. frustrating. And, you know, so there's just, you know, different times of the month. If you've got your period back, you're probably going to get a little bit less milk. Yeah. Um, just hormonally because things shift. So there's just so many things that go into it. Um. But usually what I tell moms, the first things I like to find out is, is the baby being overfed? And it doesn't yeah, sound like the Yeah, that's the big thing. So, I mean, the, the baby, if she had said, the baby takes six ounces, I'd be like, yeah. all right, then, you know, that's not the problem. The problem is we're giving too much milk. But um, they're giving, you know, four ounces per bottle. I would try to manipulate some of those feedings. So... I would find out like, okay, when are you feeding the baby? And can we manipulate that to be like, okay, don't give that last bottle or maybe only give two ounces for that last feeding because you're going to pick the baby up within an hour of getting that last feeding and you can just Mm -hmm. feed the baby as soon as you pick them up. Mm -hmm. Or could you go, is it possible to go see the baby at lunchtime? Or is it possible to, you know, kind of tweak when you do the morning feed so that the baby won't need a bottle right away when they get to daycare. You know, like those kinds of things. Like what is the routine and is there a way to switch it around to accommodate saving a little bit of that milk? 
Yeah. Um, I also just like you would ration your lunch out throughout right, the day yeah. instead of eating it all. Like the guy, the guy I always want to do is sit down at my desk and then eat everything that I brought for the day right then. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be like, okay, wait, I'm going to be hungry later. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I would also ask, like, do you pump in the evening? Because some moms, like, they go home. And they're like, I don't deal with pumping at all. I go home, I feed my baby, I go to bed. And that's fine. But if we can, if you're truly like trying to get a little bit more milk, then I will suggest pumping in the evening after the baby goes to bed. Or maybe just before you go to sleep or something. Yeah, like before you go to sleep or on the weekend. If you do pump on the weekend or maybe you don't pump on the weekend at all, if you could pump once or twice on the weekend, that will probably get you enough that you can ration it out throughout the week too. So there's definitely different things that you can do depending on what your routine looks like right now, which is why I say like it's so individualized that we can't just go, oh, do this, this, and this, because that might not work for your schedule. Yeah. But there's definitely ways to work around it. The other thing is if your baby's old enough that they're starting solid foods, then sometimes you can fit that into the mix instead of trying to get more milk for them. Ah, okay. Cool. Yeah. How about a word from our sponsor? Perfect. Right here. Like we said, today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. With the Milky's Milk Tray, you can freeze your breast milk into one-ounce sticks, so you can thaw just the right amount of milk for each feed. Reusable and environmentally friendly, and can be used for baby food later. Head to fairhavenhealth.com and use promo code BADASS for 10% off your purchase. You can also find the link at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Totally relates, too. Oh, yeah. When we're talking about all this bringing milk around. <laughs> uh, What's the next question? Sure, the got? next question here is uh, flange sizing, uh, which I love this. I love this. I know it's so annoying, but I love it because I didn't even know that was a thing until, <laughs> like, after I threw my pump away. And I was like, what? There's different sizes and it makes a difference on how much milk you're expressing? That's amazing. And I didn't know that. And lots of people. And I and what I, and one of the things I realized is that so many people don't know that. Mm-hmm. So franchising, yeah. especially when you have elastic skin. Ugh. She sounds like a superhero. Oh my. Different, <laughs> different size nipples and or small and large breasts. So franchising, Yeah, that's important. Flanchising is important. It's important for a couple of reasons. One, because if you're not using the right flange size, pumping might be painful. Two, if you're not using the right flange size, you might get less milk than you could Mm -hmm. be getting. So it does make a difference. Now, the other thing to consider with flange sizes is that in the beginning, like the first couple of months, you are more full. So you might need a different flange size in the beginning than you would need later on. So Mm -hmm. it's like it's different. Um Different pumps do different sizes because it's not a universal thing because that would be way too simple. So (laughs) depending on your pump, you know, like I could sit here and go, oh, you know, standard size is 24 millimeters. But that isn't like that with every pump. So it might just depend on – and women are not a standard size. I can't even, like, wrap my head around that because I just think it's ridiculous. That they're like, oh, our you know, the standard size that we send to everybody that we put in every – How in the world? Yeah, I mean, have you seen breasts lately? I mean, they're so not a standard. No, it's not a standard. And, like, she's got a really great point. I have so many moms that say one nipple's bigger than the other. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you can use different flange sizes – 
on the same pump. That's, you know, that's... Absolutely, and that's why a lot of pumps will come with, like, two or three different sizes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. And so you don't want, you know, you don't want your nipple to be scraping on the inside. No. And you don't want your whole entire areola being sucked in and having this tugging, like the right. whole thing being sucked into the, yeah. into the flange. It will be uncomfortable. If you yeah, you'll know. Size. Yeah. yeah, it will be uncomfortable. So one of the things that I makes me laugh is that, like, if women are trying to look it up on their own, which that's what we do nowadays because we love Google, but <laughs> if we look it up... JFTI. Yeah, right? It comes up with, like, this little cartoon of this boob with a flange on it. And it'll tell you if it looks like this, it's the right size. And it's like, that is so not accurate, even a little bit. Because when you start pumping, your nipple will swell. So if right. you put the flange on your boob without pumping, right, it when looks you first like start. it's the right size. But once mm-hmm. you get started and you're pumping for five minutes and your nipple swells and it's rubbing along the inside of the flange, then it's going to be painful. So it's not going to be the right size. You know how many women say to me, I looked it up and it looked like this was the right size, but it's still really uncomfortable. And it's like, because that little cartoon guy isn't pumping. Like this, <laughs> you know, it doesn't make any sense. So. Well, it, it, nowadays on. they have these like sizing things. Like you have them, like you can, like you can, it's like a a strip of paper with like holes in it and you can like pump for a few minutes, get your nipple that size and then like print it out and stick your nipple in the hole (laughs) and you can size it like and find out what your size is. Oh my gosh. It's pretty handy. That's crazy. Well, it gets the people the right size. I mean, it's a lot to go through. Does it work? I think so. Is it? I just I'm picturing somebody like I don't know putting their nipple well, a piece of paper. Yeah, I mean the problem is, is that if you don't know what you're looking for, then you don't know what you're looking for. Right. You know, then you just don't know. Yeah. And so how do people know? So if you're like, how how are you supposed to know? Yeah. Bottom and line, what do you do? Go by how it feels. That's the big thing. If it's rubbing along the inside of the flange, it's not the right size. If it is pinchy it's not the right size if you are elastic man like d that and there are different flange shapes as well so i have run into situations where sometimes the flange that comes with your pump that shape of flange just does not work for your breast shape so there are different um there are different companies that make different flange shapes that are better for, you know, different size women. So it might be that you have to kind of be a little creative and go outside the box and, and get a diff- whole different brand of flange, too. Um, there's also, yeah. like, these little flange inserts that you can use that some pump companies have where you can, like, put a little silicone insert in there and it makes it a little bit more comfortable to pump. Um, the other thing that comes up a lot with flange sizes is if a mom is using a nipple shield, they think that the size nipple shield that they use is the same size flange that they should use. And the two uh, do not correlate at all. Okay. They do not correlate. So okay. that's very different. All right. Um, let's move on to the next question. And there's a few more questions, and we're running a little tight on time. So I'm going to just read through this. This is a hefty one, and we might have to um, condense the answer here. Okay. Um, I hear so many cautions against the thought that 
that you have low milk supply. But how do you truly know that if you have it? I know there is already a podcast about this. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But it really started to freak me out when I went back to work at 14 weeks postpartum and saw how little I was able to pump when separated from my baby. Covering normal pumping expectations will be very helpful. Um, social media and other outlets can lead me to believe I should be able to pump four to five ounces per session. No problem. No, that's a lot. Um, for example, I had both breast implant 2007 and explant 2016 surgeries, and I am an insulin-dependent diabetic. I feel like that slows my milk, my breast milk fill rate, which, feel, which feels like low milk supply. My baby's six months old, and I have barely been able to keep up with her since returning to work at 14 weeks postpartum. I have resorted to legendary milk supplements here and there, even though I have been cautioned away from supplements. I saw a small increase in milk and desperately want to preserve our breastfeeding relationship. I tear up typing this. So we've got a question about how do you truly know if you have low milk supply? And then she has some, you know, uh, specific circumstances to her own situation that leads her to believe she might be struggling with this. And... Okay, so the first part where she says, how much should people be pumping? I should be pumping four to five ounces. Um, That, we're not even going to entertain that because it is different for everybody. Everybody responds differently. There is no, you should be getting this much when you pump. That is not, that is not anything that we're going to even entertain because it's it's just not a thing. You know, like women get what they get. And it's not, it changes all the time. And it really is not an indication of supply at all. So we don't... How much you pump that. is not at all an indication of, of, of the milk you're making. No. The fact right. that she's pumping two to three ounces is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would say if a mom calls me and says, I think I have low milk supply she's maybe can only pump like five mls you know like Uh that would be that would tell me okay there's a there's a milk supply issue there if she can't Mm -hmm. even get 20 you know 20 mls or half an ounce or cover the bottom of the bottle then maybe we've got a milk supply issue that would also go with the baby not gaining weight diapers being low stuff like that it sounds like she is just keeping up with what the baby needs and maybe she's just struggling with the pumping piece but that would probably also go along with her other little things that she's had that are very specific to her situation. Mm-hmm. So I would say that this mother in particular is doing an absolutely amazing job keeping up with her baby, considering that she does have a couple of things that might be causing it to be a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even just going back to work, like that's just the struggle in and of itself. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. So even without those things, the, you know, right. going back to work is a special circumstance. That is. Yeah. And if you can get a couple of ounces every time you pump, then that's fantastic. Um, I don't ever want a mom to think that they're not doing enough if they're not getting five ounces every time they pump, because that is more rare. Yeah. That sounds like a lot to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be on the high end of what people are pumping, I think. Yeah. Okay, so let's run through these real quick. I think these are a couple of short answers. Is it safe to refrigerate pumping parts in between sessions during one workday instead of washing? Absolutely. Please do that because it will save you a lot of time. Yes. I love that. I love that I discovered that. I didn't. I decided not to go back to work, but I was like, I would so do that I if I was still working. Um, 
How often do you really need to boil or sterilize everything, bottles, pump parts, you know, and all of that? I would say once a day. Yeah, because if you're putting it in the refrigerator, then at the end of the day, wash it, yeah. sterilize it. Throw in the dishwasher. Um, can you speak to power pumping? Um, of topic of work and pumping, but pumping. Re- oh, off topic. Okay. Well, power pumping. Do should we do, should we just do another an episode on power pumping, or is that? You know what? Let's do it because there's a couple things that go with power pumping. So we'll just do an okay. episode on that. We'll do yeah. a separate episode on that. Um, stay tuned. Um. Let's see. Can you speak to breast milk pump models that more mothers seem to find success with? I know there is different. It's different for each mother, but surely there is one or two that more mothers like. Well, that's so hard. That's the same thing with the flange thing is that everybody's just going to respond differently and fit differently with different pumps, right? Yeah, and it's it's hard because um, there's pumps out there now that I don't even know anything about and that are just kind of like creeping up now that they're being covered by insurance there's new ones popping up all the time and i hate to say oh this pump is great get this pump and right a mom can't get it because her insurance won't cover that pump well and that's what i yeah yeah get the pump that your insurance will cover Mm -hmm. and that's a big thing too is like a lot of go through your insurance or go through some of these companies that help you connect to to insurance covered breast pumps um because you know Get an insurance covered breast pump. Get a free pump, man. Now, if you have a situation where um, your insurance says we will cover pumps A, B, and C, like if you want to reach out and say, okay, out of these three pumps, which one do you think would be, you know, has the better, or you could even like do a lot of Google searching on that. Yeah. Which pump has a better review and blah, blah, blah. Read the reviews on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a great way to go. Um, If you're only being offered one, then just get that. And just go with it. But if you're being offered a choice, then maybe look into them separately and see, you know, which one you think would be best for you. Yeah. Um, but totally start with the insurance covered one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we'll end with a, oh, I, <laughs> we'll might have to do another, well, I'm sure we'll have to do another episode <laughs> on this one. Um, but maybe we can just speak for a minute about um, what pumped breast milk looks like. And the process of separation and how to know if milk has truly gone bad. And then she goes into freezing milk and storage guidelines, which I think we can do a whole episode on. Yeah, we can do a whole episode on that. Um, We might have to do a whole episode just on the freezing, storing, and what it looks like. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, But but breast milk does separate. It does. And it will look funky. And you'll be like, oh, my God, my breast milk rotted, you know, when I put it in the refrigerator. It's not rotten. Don't Mm -hmm. worry. Nope. It's just fine. It just looks weird. Yeah, so we'll do an episode on that. That's a really good point. And I think probably somewhere along the way we did talk about it, but we never really got yeah, into but we the need details. A, yeah, right. Yeah, we need right, an right. actual episode on it. Because I couldn't even tell you where to find that information on our podcast. So right. um, that would be a good one. The other thing that I would like to mention really quickly is um, when I was pumping, you know, I, did, I didn't pump much with my son, but with the twins I pumped more. And nobody ever told me that if you only pump one breast – you can block off the other side of the pump that you're not using. Do you know what oh, I'm talking about? Yeah, right. Nobody ever told me that, and you get like way you can pump while you're nursing. Yeah, you can pump while you're nursing, or maybe if you have a baby that only feeds on one side and you want to pump mm-hmm. the other side because you're stashing away for you know for going back to work or something like that. So there's a little a little connector thing on your pump that you can cover the side that you're not using. And what that will do is that will 
condense the suction to the one side that you are using and you'll get way better Uh. suction. And I never knew that and nobody ever told me that. And now that's one of those things where I'm like, God, I would have probably been so much more productive if I had known that (laughs) my pump would have worked that much better if I had known. So that's another thing to, you know, like Abby was saying, she didn't know about the flange sizes. I didn't know about the flange sizes either, but that whole pump one side thing was. Yeah, that's good. That's good information. Yeah. Well, thanks, Diane. That was extremely informative, and uh, we're out of time. And who is it that sent us the email? Dee? Was that her name? Dee. Yes, thank you, Dee. That was very helpful. I think that you um, helped so many people get a little bit more of an idea of what to do. Look at the details. Yeah. The answers are in the details. The calm, the fighting, the anxiety of all of this stuff is in the details. Yeah, you're doing an amazing job. It is so hard to keep it up. It is hard. So you're doing an amazing – anybody that's out there pumping, oh, my gosh, I give you so much credit because it is hard to do. And uh, we'll do – watch for those other episodes on power pumping and what your milk – what to do with your milk. (laughs) What do you do? What do you do with it? What do you do? Uh, Yes, and then please share your experiences with us in the uh, review section on iTunes, and we might – you might be our review of the week. Yeah. And head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. And you can join in our comment section, and you can find the sponsor links from um, Fairhaven today and the promo code BADASS and other episodes. Yeah, perfect. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.